welcome to Central Valley Physicians Podcast. My name is Nicole Butler with Fresno Madera Medical Society, and today I have with us Dr. Alan Kelton, and we're going to talk about um, testosterone. Um, welcome, doctor. Uh, good morning, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Okay, so testosterone. This is something that I think you we've heard a lot more about in recent, you know, in the past recent years. Um, what exactly is testosterone, and what does it do? Well, testosterone is a primary male hormone, and I think we all have some experience with it or know people that have uh, suffered uh, both well and ill effects from testosterone. Testosterone will rise in puberty, and that's really what makes men men, right? Um, Men will have the capacity to develop larger muscles, more strength, greater endurance, for example, that's all testosterone-based, and uh, sexual characteristics, Facial hair, for example, body hair are affected by testosterone. And testosterone becomes part of the way men experience life. So prepubescent, that is, boys before their adolescent years, don't really have much interest in sex. But when testosterone rises in their adolescent years, sexual interest becomes peaked and remains high through much of a man's adult life. So... Okay, so, you know, you see it all the time. You have the, these young boys that, that are starting to mature, and that's what I'm guessing their, their testosterone starts surging. But on the back end, do, do you, older men start to lose testosterone? You know, just like some, you know, like some women start going through menopause. Does, do men have that, that same um, response where they start losing testosterone? You know, and that's a great question. Uh, Some doctors have used the term andropause to describe what happens to men as we age, but I really think that that's a mistaken term. And the reason I say that is men don't have a sudden and complete drop-off of testosterone production. They have a gradual loss over time. Women around age 50 will experience then when their ovaries fail and stop producing significant amounts of estrogen, and that's when menopause occurs. For men, it's a very gradual decline. And we've studied this both in the United States and in Europe, and we see that starting around age 40, men will lose about 1% of their total testosterone per year. And by the time a man is 65 or 70, as many as one in three men will have very low levels of testosterone and have many of the symptoms of low testosterone. Okay, so so what are some of those symptoms? If if a if an older man is in his sixties and he and you know there's certain things that um, you know he's feeling, what should he be looking for to to have a better understanding that yeah it, it's low? I need to maybe talk to my doctor or do something about it. That's also a very good question, and um, many of the symptoms of low testosterone are the symptoms we all get with aging. But the three most common symptoms associated with very low levels of testosterone are one, a decrease in sexual desire, that is a loss of libido. Two, uh, men will experience then a drop-off or absent morning erections. And then three, having difficulty with sexual functioning. And those three put together really are the syndrome of low testosterone in men. Mm-hmm. Many of the other symptoms that we hear about, a loss of physical strength, a loss of drive to succeed in business, a loss of you know, zest for life, um, that may or may not be associated with low testosterone, but really those are more symptoms of aging than they are low testosterone. And I think that's, that's the, you hear a lot more with testosterone with, um, you know, with athletes and, and pushing it for them, you know, so it's kind of an interesting topic. I mean, you know, on a side note, you know, what make, what stimulated your interest in, in this area? 
It, it is true that um, testosterone supplementation or testosterone abuse can actually then augment strength and improve uh, physical performance. We saw that in the Tour de France a few years ago when uh, one of the lead uh, riders had supplemented testosterone a day after he had a bad day and then all of a sudden his efforts superseded that of all the other athletes and sure enough he had been supplementing testosterone. But my interest got started in in my own clinic. Um, I had a patient in whom I diagnosed low testosterone using many of the symptoms that we describe. I supplemented his testosterone and we noticed that his PSA or prostate number had escalated and I wasn't sure what to make of this and this was well before the 2010 Endocrine Society guidelines so I referred him to the urology doctor and a urologist saw this patient says yes that's interesting your prostate number increased let's have you hold off for a while. Well I didn't see this patient for almost two years and when he came back to me he was dark purple. His skin was so red, and I was wondering why his skin was so red. And it turns out he had been seeing a so-called age management physician. And this age manage management physician sold him on the concept that he needed to supplement not just testosterone, but four other uh, supplements and hormones to make him more like a normal young man. And so his purple color was because his red blood cell count was very, very high. And he already had kind of a, um, a you know, a, a rouge tint to his cheeks, but he just looked absolutely purple because he had so much red blood cells circulating. Um, and he had very high levels of testosterone that were twice normal um, and five times normal if we just look at the free testosterone. That is the testosterone that's not bound to other proteins in the bloodstream. Uh, he was also taking a female hormone, uh, progesterone. He was taking um, a medicine called an aromatase inhibitor, which we use in cancer treatments. And that blocks the t conversion of testosterone to estrogen, thought to be beneficial by these age management physicians. And so I was shocked by this treatment. And so I investigated. I actually attended an age management seminar, and I saw the famous doctor who has the old man's head and the young man's body, and I saw him lecture. And I really started looking at the research behind this. And um, I actually treat and also give second opinions regarding testosterone therapy in both um, middle-aged and older men now. Okay, so now, now I'm interested. Now this is really interesting that um, one that there, there's this type of treatment out there because I've never heard about it. Um, so when, so talk to me about what you do in the treatment of somebody that has low t testosterone, because I know you're not treating them the way this age doctor is with all of these additional supplements and other hormones. So, which kind of sounds a little scary to me. I mean, if that's, if, if there's doctors out there doing that, but maybe that's a different topic. So, so someone that does have low testosterone and they want some of these side effects to go away, what does that treatment look like? Um, the, the treatment is actually fairly simple. Testosterone is just one hormone, um, but can be used in many different ways. There's multiple topical treatments, both gels and like a roll-on applicator that can be used. It can be given an injection in my office once a month, once every two weeks, or once weekly. And some of my patients, if they have medical experience, can even do those injections at home. There's a so-called buckle tablet that is something a man would put between his cheek and gum as he might uh, put tobacco, and that would actually secrete testosterone throughout the day. Uh, there's also pellets that can be applied, and I have not done that myself, but this would give men testosterone for a longer period of time, weeks to months in particular. So it's really simple to supplement. And the typical goal is to take a man from low levels and low symptomatic levels and get him to about average 
for young men and also to alleviate the symptoms. And that's quite easily accomplished. And so with that treatment, are there are there any side effects or is there anything, you know, is this with female hormones, it's something you, you kind of take for the rest, you know, for the rest of your, your life if you choose to. So is that the same with this, this treatment of testosterone? It's not, you're not trying to double somebody and, and take them from, you know, a 65 year old to a 14 year old. That's just, you know, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But so this treatment, is it any side effects and it can it be ongoing? You know, the, the side effects are, are usually mild and, and easily managed. Uh, and the, actually, the most common side effects of testosterone therapy are two. One is increase in red blood cells, and sometimes to levels that are very high that would require them to either donate blood or to have blood drained out, a process we call phlebotomy. Um, and many times we should reduce the dose of testosterone. The other one is that a man could actually develop sleep apnea or have worsening of sleep apnea. Um, other side effects really don't seem to arise, but there is some controversy. I am in the camp that believes that testosterone supplementation can increase a man's risk for uh, cardiovascular events in particular, and that's uh, backed up by some uh, both retrospective and pro prospective studies. Now, after, once a man's been on testosterone for a period of time, their overall card cardiovascular risk probably decreases, and that occurs at least after six months and maybe a year or two into treatment in that they have uh, better muscle mass, their cholesterol numbers are better, and their overall risk of having a heart attack after being on treatment is actually lower. But I think the initial months of therapy may increase the risk. And part of that is because in men, testosterone is converted to estrogen. And most people are aware, and certainly all physicians are aware, that estrogen supplementation does increase blood clot risks and also um, stroke risk in particular. Um, so when I'm starting even middle-aged men on therapy, I usually have them take an aspirin for three to six months to reduce that risk. So yes, there's uh, known side effects, there's a potential cardiovascular side effects. And then once a man is on therapy, um, they determined how well it works for them. And interestingly enough, after a year's period of time, most men quit the testosterone therapy. That is, they don't see that it's a magical thing like you see in the advertisements. When we see the advertisements, we see men who look younger than they are, who have these massive muscles and a younger wife with them. And that's not a realistic expectation of the outcome. Men will, in general, feel a little bit better overall, can have a significant improvement in their sexual desire, maybe not sexual function, but sexual desire, and feel more like they did when they were younger. Mm -hmm. And for most men, that is quite satisfactory. But after a year's period of time, most men find that they don't really need to have that. Okay. okay. Once on therapy, however, um, the, the communication between the pituitary gland and the testicles can stop or will at least go on pause for a period of time. And so when men stops therapy, they will go low testosterone for a period of six weeks to six months. And in some cases, that communication never reestablishes. And so essentially, they would be on therapy. Okay. Some doctors have been sued when men that take testosterone therapy all of a sudden become incapable of having children because then t the supplementation suppresses then the pituitary hormones that decrease spermatogenesis. So it's not really a highly effective technique for birth control, but it can reduce sperm counts in many men, so they may not be able to produce children. And some doctors have been sued if, if younger men have not been warned. Interesting. But so, you know, some of these side effects, though, these are all easily manageable if if you're prescribing or you're treating a patient, if they just communicate with you, you know, watch, um, you know, if they're having 
you know, being screened by you on a regular basis during the, that six-month period. For instance, like the heart issue, if, if somebody's having um, any, any problems with their heart, and then the sleep apnea as well. Correct. So my approach of using the aspirin for three to six months may be out of an overabundance of caution, but watching for the uh, symptoms of sleep apnea and daytime fatigue would be the primary symptom of sleep apnea. Um, and then measuring their, their prostate levels, the PSA number, and measuring their blood counts are also important and would also be very easy to uh, observe for potential side effects. So in general, to get an average man with low testosterone to a normal level is a fairly safe process. You're, you're bringing men back to normal as opposed to putting them in an abnormal state. And that's completely different than the age management approach, right. which oftentimes will treat men to very high levels, as with the patient that I encountered. And that's truly experimental therapy. And if a doctor prescribes um, testosterone for the purpose of men doing bodybuilding, increasing their muscle strength, or having other aspects of physical performance, that's actually illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and unfortunately, you know, we all know it's been happening out there. Is there, um, can a man boost their testosterone naturally? Um, of course, and, and that's typically my preference. It turns out the way we live our lives in the modern world oftentimes will lead to lower testosterone levels. And so when a man comes to me with the symptoms of low testosterone, I ask him a lot of questions. One of the questions I ask is, how many hours of sleep? do they get? And is their sleep effective? Do they feel well when they wake up in the morning? Because if they have sleep apnea, which goes along with the obesity epidemic, they should be treated for the sleep apnea first before initiating testosterone therapy, because that may fix itself. Um, I ask them about their exercise pattern. I ask them about their eating patterns. I ask them um, about, um, you know, other symptoms in, in life, but and if I haven't mentioned it, exercise is actually one of the natural ways. And I have given some men some prescriptions for how to fix that. And I actually had a case of a man who is in his early 50s, had all of the classic symptoms of hypogonadism, um, and his testosterone measured low, the lowest I've ever measured in an adult man. Um, and he went to the gym for one month. He slept better. He cut back on his alcohol, and his levels went from very low to very normal, and his symptoms all alleviated. Hmm. And he didn't need testosterone therapy. I'm sure that he could have walked into a clinic and received treatment right away, but would have that been the right approach? Hmm. I don't think so. Just a little bit of exercise, which is the constant I hear with all of the podcasts. It's exercise, good diet, and you know your body will take over and do what it's supposed to. And many of the things that people want, that is, they want more energy, they want clarity of thinking, they want, to, they want that zest for life, oftentimes that comes from taking better self-care than it is from any particular medical treatment. And one of the things I say about uh, hormone supplementation is there is no happiness hormone for either men or women. And using testosterone by itself does not make a person happy and it does not create a magical life. Yeah, no, nobody's developed that pill yet, I'm sure. So, so let's talk a little bit about um, prostate cancer, because I know that also, too, um, there's been a lot of changes in that, in that area. So explain what prostate cancer is and how much of an issue is it for if a, if a, a male um, develops it. 
Well, prostate cancer arises in the prostate tissue, and the prostate is essentially the stopcock between the bladder and the outside world. It is both a muscle and a gland, and is involved with um, how we urinate, it is involved with sexual functioning, and it helps direct semen uh, to the correct area during the time of ejaculation, for example. Uh, so prostate cancer is uniquely a men's cancer and is typically a cancer of aging. That is, it's an older man's disease. It's very common. As many as 200,000 men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer every year, and as many as 30,000 men will die of prostate cancer. So it's a very common cancer and is high on many men's um, horizons, and, and we hear about it frequently. We've had difficulty, though, in figuring out what to do for both screening and treatment. We've known about the PSA, or prostate-specific antigen, a protein that's found only in prostate, and we've known for decades that if levels are high, that may indicate prostate cancer. Uh, we had, for a period of time, screened or attempted to screen most men for prostate cancer and then uh, treat aggressively, but we found in the long run that we did not change the death rates from prostate cancer. So at one point, that is in 2012, the U.S. Preventive Task Force had recommended to stop screening average risk men for prostate cancer. So interesting, a common cancer for men about the number three cause of cancer, uh, the National Society recommended to stop screening. And that was mainly because they didn't see any changes in the death rate. That is correct. Um, typically, if you would have a successful screening program, you would be able to find disease in an early state, you would be able to treat in a way that's tolerable to the patient, and you should al alter the ultimate outcome, which would be death. And we weren't doing that. We were saving some lives, but we were certainly making a lot of men miserable because mm -hmm. the average treatment caused impotence, incontinence, and if we had to use therapies to decrease testosterone, men would actually feel kind of sad and weak and tired. And that was not a desirable way to live. So, I mean, is there is there a connection be, between testosterone treatment um, and is it related to prostate cancer? Well, that is, that's an awesome question. You know, we don't know of any evidence that shows that making men normal, that is taking a man from a low um, testosterone to normal testosterone, increases prostate cancer. Prostate cancer is a time-related disease, and interestingly enough, we know that it shows up in the later years, 50s, 60s, 70s, and laters, and that's when testosterone levels are dropping. So yes, the cancer is actually dependent on the presence of testosterone in order to arise in its initial stages, but it occurs in, at a time in life when testosterone levels are dropping. There are a few case reports, however, of men having undiagnosed prostate cancer that will start testosterone therapy, and the prostate cancer may actually thrive and flare up uh, in such a circumstance. But by itself, treating men with low testosterone to get them to normal levels does not seem to pro cause prostate cancer. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. So, so let's go back to this prostate, um, these guidelines for screening. How does that... Um from the, the 2012 when they're saying not to do it to today, what what are the guidelines or what are the recommendations? Well, the recommendations uh, officially changed in 2018, and there was a discussion phase during 2017, and the U.S. Preventive Task Force now says that it is it may be important to discuss it with each patient. Um, for example, we can now tell our men that if we screen 1,000 men over 10 years, 
that as many as 100 of those men will develop prostate cancer, and about one will be saved from a prostate cancer death by screening those 1,000 men. Possibly more importantly, we will also prevent three men from having metastatic prostate cancer. Metastatic prostate cancer is, goes into the bones as an, as an exquisitely painful form of cancer, uh, metastasis. So then, essentially, four men of the thousand that are screened might be benefited. But a lot of men would have to undergo treatment. And still, we have the frustrating issue in that we know that if, of those hundred men, most will opt for treatment, and at least half of those men would not need treatment at all. It's just that right now we can't tell who is who. Mm-hmm. So, so really, you're you're leaving it up to the individual to discuss with them, tell them what their their options are, and then what what potentially the, the outcomes and the risk could be. I mean, I I just I guess I remember I I always thought that prostate cancer yes was somebody something that older men were getting, but I thought it was fairly easily treated. But that doesn't seem like it, the case. It is fairly easily treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, surgery uh, is, a, is a fairly good treatment to get rid of the prostate cancer. It's just that um, the other associated treatments as well, chemotherapy, radiation, um, does not necessarily alter the overall the outcome. Outcomes. And if most men didn't need treatment, most treatment is over-treatment. I see. So, so it's frustrating, and, and it's, I think it is important to individualize because there is no physician that treats populations. We all treat individuals, mm-hmm. and individuals will have their own desires and their own fears about their life, and we can educate them correctly about how they may approach that. Additionally, there are men that are mu- at much higher risk, African-American men and also men that have prostate cancer in their family, and those men are in a unique situation than that we know even less about the benefits of screening and treatment, but I like to discuss it with all of my patients. Okay. So are there, and that's probably something I should have asked a few minutes ago, are there any symptoms that somebody that um, is developing prostate cancer or has prostate cancer should look for? Are they different from the testosterone symptoms, low testosterone symptoms? Well, the, the symptoms of prostate cancer can be hard to differentiate from just the symptoms of aging. That is, if a man has a developing prostate cancer, they may notice a change in their urine flow. They may also notice that they're developing impotence or difficulty with sexual functioning. Um, if prostate cancer has already moved to the bones, they will get a horrific pain, oftentimes in their low back, that doesn't go away and oftentimes will keep them awake at night. So if a man waits for those symptoms to arise, the treatment is, is not going to be successful. So I have found in most of my patients in whom I found prostate cancer, they have no clue. There are no symptoms. Mm-hmm. And the symptoms I describe are the symptoms of aging. Right. By the age of 40, men, many men will start getting many of those urinary symptoms. And certainly by in their 50s, half of men will have those symptoms where they stand longer at the urinal. They notice a slower urine flow. They have to may, may have to pee more frequently during the day and notice that they have to urinate at night as well. Those are all prostate-like symptoms. And so if a man then thinks they have prostate cancer based on those symptoms, that would also cause excess worry. Yeah, so and so that's just, once again, going back to the conversation that, that everybody should be having with their, their primary care doctor and asking the questions, you know, this is what's happening. It could be that I'm just older, but let's talk about the screening process and what's available to me to find out if, if, if the individual does have uh, prostate cancer. Absolutely. And sometimes it's hard to find the time because 
many times there's other issues to discuss during our medical visits. And if you, there's not enough time with a primary physician, men can also see their urologist. And that's what I did with my father, for example. He was talking with his primary care physician, and he didn't have the information he really needed to have. And I referred him to one of my friends who's a urologist, and he got the care that he really wanted to have. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of specialists out there, and the urologists in town are great. Um, I, I know a half a dozen of them or so, so there's a lot of options out there for people. So is there anything else that I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting to ask about when it comes to um, low testosterone? You know, you know, one of my questions is, is, is how are women affected by low testosterone? Or are they? <laughs> That, that's, a, that's a great question. Women do produce testosterone both in their ovaries and also in their adrenal glands. And for many women, testosterone is part of the um, hormonal and other makeup that creates libido mm-hmm. or sexual desire. And in studies, some women benefit with sexual function with testosterone supplementation, but not most. Interesting. So women's sexuality and women's hormones are far more complex. We know that the primary hormones of estrogen and progesterone cycle on a monthly basis and vary from day to day, whereas for men, testosterone is there every day at fairly reliable levels. It tends to be higher in the morning, for example, um, and lower in the afternoons, but it doesn't have the cyclic variation that we find in women. So women's sexuality is far more complex men a little more straightforward. Mm -hmm. Now I do note that many men will be frustrated in that once they receive testosterone supplementation and they have normal levels, they will have the desire, but their sexual functioning may not still be where they would like to be. And many of those men will really need to be on uh, Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, or uh, one of the others or the generic formulations in order to have satisfactory sexual experience. So, I mean, somebody with low testosterone could be taking these drugs, but still not having the drive for intercourse. Is that correct? Or would, you know, how does that work? Um, And in particular, with older men who have low testosterone and symptoms of low testosterone, their drive or libido actually comes up, but their capacity to function, that is, capacity to have erections, may not change much at all. Okay. Okay, so that introducing the, the two of them together would, would work. Many men would need both, right. Hormones are complicated, really well, complicated. <laughs> yes, uh, the, the human body is complicated and also fairly frail, and there's yeah. many different ways that we, that we uh, uh, fail with time. Well, you know, I think it's great that the, 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 as a physician you're out there and you're really taking a, a better understanding to, to testosterone when it comes to... Um, comes to men and being able to really treat it to think that, you know, there there's these aging doctors out there that are just prescribing just to get a different effect of their body is it's kind of scary to hear. So I you know I'm glad to hear that you know, there's there's a, a level headed physician that has special that's taken upon himself to to specialize in something like this. So it's it's good to hear. And you know if if somebody wanted to um, to talk to you more about this or to make an appointment, what's what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, they can get a hold of me through uh, University Medicine Associates here in Fresno. Um, and this is a topic that I lecture on periodically to both resident physicians and also to uh, practicing physicians in the area. I have an article, I think, from Central Valley Magazine from a few years mm-hmm. back um, that also summarizes much of this. 
and I plan to do additional lecturing because there is actually under-treatment of low testosterone in men, and that is one of my concerns, but there's also over-treatment, and there's also then um, the abuse of testosterone, both by physicians and patients, which um, is experimental and really not proven to be beneficial except for building large muscles. Yeah, sometimes, you know, that's not necessarily the best way to go, but... We know what's happening out there. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time, and um, I'm sure you'll be back talking about other subjects in the future with us. Excellent. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks.